Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's 5 p.m. 5 p.m. You're stuck working and disconnected from the sports world. What the hell is going on? Don't sweat it. The OG will catch you up on the biggest stories, the latest developments, and let you know who said something dumb on social media today. I just tweeted it. What's trending is now on the OG. I'm Joe Obvious Gilio feeling under the weather today. He'll be back tomorrow. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. Matt Rule is back in the news cycle. Yes. He's got nothing else going on. He's just cashing checks from David Tepper. So he's, he's hanging out on the NFL Network set apparently this week. Uh, we'll bring you some of that audio and what's trending. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? What's trending is brought to you by Geico. you got a number of ways that you can save on car insurance call 1-800-947-AUTO go online to geico.com or stop by the geico office nearest you let's get it how bad is the carolina panthers season going y'all so bad that they're back to sam donald at quarterback (laughs) panthers announced today uh, that the man who got an extension and is making 18 plus million dollars this year but we all kind of understood that if Sam Darnold was your QB, things were going to hell in a handbasket. Well, they're finally giving an opportunity. Uh, things have just not been going well. Look, I'll, I'll say this. This is not about Sam Darnold because I think everything that needed to be said about Sam Darnold has been said. He is not an NFL starting QB. We knew this based on what he had put up in New York. It was beyond just what was going on with the Jets. I get the easy the easy play for Sam Darnold was, well, Adam Gates was his head coach, and it was the Jets. What do you expect? No, 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 no. Sam Darnold was so bad that rarely do you see quarterbacks make a leap after what he had been doing in New York. And who knows? Maybe he was forever damaged after what happened when he said he saw ghosts on a hot mic, which I never had a problem with in that case, but... I know how the NFL can work. Sometimes you can't come back from things. For instance, in New York, what are we seeing with Zach Wilson? It's going to be really difficult for Zach Wilson to come back from this week in New York after he didn't own it in their loss to the Patriots this week. And they announced yesterday that he is not going to be the starting quarterback this upcoming week. And Robert Sala was just beside himself on that. And people are raging against it. And I understand why. It's hard to come back from that. So the Panthers have been kind of going through, you know, what are you going to do next? And they land on Baker Mayfield, which at the time I thought was the right thing to do. Take a flyer on Baker Mayfield. If the scratch-off ticket hits, you're good to go. I'm here to tell you, and I got no problems admitting when I get things wrong, I got Baker Mayfield wrong. When Baker Mayfield has been healthy, he seems like a pretty capable quarterback. And I thought, change of scenery, knowing it's a contract year, that Baker Mayfield would give the Panthers something. Instead, Baker Mayfield has been bad even before the injury. And then what we saw against the Ravens was bad. He's in his head. I don't know what's going on. And the fact that he's being supplanted by Sam Darnold as we get towards the end of the season, you got to wonder what his future is going to be. 
Is, ba- is Baker Mayfield ever going to start again? And man, life comes at you fast. We're sitting here talking about all the places that Cam Newton might have ended up. You know what Cam Newton's doing now? He's playing video games. I'm not making that up. You can just pop on Instagram right now, and you can see Cam Newton streaming, playing football video games. I'm, a, I'm not knocking it. Cam Newton had a hell of a career, but it'll come at you real fast in this league as you can get younger and cheaper. I'll be really curious to see what happens to Baker Mayfield this offseason as he's been supplanted by Sam freaking Darnold <laughs> for the Carolina Panthers. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Well, speaking of college football, we were supposed to get a reboot of EA Sports NCAA football in the near future. Matt Brown, Extra Points newsletter. I subscribe to it. It's a great newsletter. Uh, has been on this story from the announcement of the reboot. He actually found it accidentally in a FOIA request for a school. He's like, wait a minute, they're actually putting together this football game. It was targeted for 2023, but it looks like it's been delayed until 2024, and a lot of people are in their feelings about this. And Matt Brown joins us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. I guess to understand where we are with EA Sports and college football, we have to start in 2014, the last time this game was made, and why it's not being made anymore. So what's the Cliff Notes version on this? We, we, we certainly, it's not because of a lack of, of demand. You know, EA Sports has wanted to continue to put out this game every year. The big reason was uh, they got sued in the, uh, in the Ed O'Bannon case for NCAA, for the, the video game using current player likenesses without compensating them. EA said, okay, sure, that's fine. We're happy to cut the check. The NCAA <laughs> said, no. If EA cuts checks for being in the video game, then they won't be amateurs anymore, and we'll, we'll declare them ineligible. So the game just then didn't happen. Now that the uh, NIL is something that is allowed, uh, paying an athlete for their likeness to appear in a commercial or Instagram ad or a video game is permitted. So EA Sports said, wonderful. Let's go make the game again. And uh, they've been working on it really ever since. So I think at one point last year or earlier this year, EA Sports had actually put out an image saying that college football is coming back, EA Sports college football. It was interesting that it was college football, not NCAA football, uh, but we can get into the, into the weeds on that. There was no actual date given, but I know based on your reporting, there was an idea that it was going to come out in 2023, uh, but now based on what EA Sports had been telling the licensees, you know, the collegiate sports uh, licenses, that this is not going to happen until 2024? Is that is that what's going on? Yeah, that, that's right. And it, it is correct. And uh, I, I saw that the, the head of EA in, in an interview with ESPN this morning said, like, listen, hey, anybody that was telling you that it was coming out in 2023, you know, that's just rumor and conjecture. Uh, we never said it was coming out, so don't call it a delay. And, like, <laughs> that's technically true, but it's also complete baloney. Because, like, I didn't make up the fact that it was coming out in 2023 – uh, I got that from examining the proposal that they sent out to every single school. And I have documentation, like receipts from this summer saying, yes, we're still on track to be, come out in 2023. And then when reporters would call up EA and say, mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know, not just me. Hey, I couldn't help but examine these documents through FOIA that says it's coming out next summer. Is that accurate? And they would go, yeah, just don't, just don't attribute that to me directly. So <laughs> to insinuate to, to ESPN that that this date came out of weirdo message boards and not actual PDF receipts. Yeah, uh, that's that's frustrating to me. I didn't I didn't appreciate that. Matt Brown, extra points is the newsletter. I'm a subscriber. It's a great newsletter for those who are interested in the business of college sports. I think this is the part where I ask you to tell the story 
about how you discovered EA Sports was back in the college football video game business. How did that happen? So I, I, yeah, I have to. I have to be honest. Like it was an accident. <laughs> um, it was a total accident. And I mean, like, listen, like I, I love this video game. I am. Uh, I'm, I, I, I still play sports video games regularly. It's not the, these are the only video games I have time to play anymore yeah. with with little kids. Um, but you know, I've, I've, I have the Xbox 360 like literally in my office. But I was working on a story two years ago about universities uh, incre- becoming increasingly aggressive in licensing their own beer, like I understand NC mm-hmm. State has done. And yeah, old, old tough. A bunch, of, a bunch of other places. Makes, it makes a lot of sense, even as a, a teetotaler here myself. And so I was you know, submitting requests to look at emails between the CLC, which is the licensing agent for most universities and their departments. And um, I just so happened to get the project proposal for the video game, which was surprisingly in-depth. It's like four pages long, and it explains how much money the schools get from licensing and when the game's going to be coming out, all sorts of details. And I'm like, well, shoot, we we have to write about this. And then as I started to understand who in the university works in in producing the images for that and what kinds of IP – as involved, my sourcing grew, and, and next thing I knew, this ended up becoming one of the three or four core beats of my entire business. <laughs> hey, man, people are thirsty for this video to game to come back. It's simple as that. No, no I, I tell every AD I talk to, like, listen, I know that you haven't played a video game since Tetris, but there is no <laughs> detail that is too minute for people on the Internet to care. And I was basically like begging these, some of these schools that are, you know, are like when they're like two and eight, and they're about to fire their coach, and they're desperate for any kind of good news. I'm like, listen, now is the perfect time to start leaking your stadium images. Now is the time to start t- talking about, you know, which songs you're going to put in this game. Yeah, yeah. You know, to shift the narrative a little bit because the the appetite is just insatiable. I love it. I love it. Big thanks to Matt Brown for hanging out with us. One thing I wanted to add, you know, the delay for EA Sports College Football. My not, it's probably not related. I'm speculating here, but it's probably not related to name, image, and likeness deals getting knocked out. I think everybody wants to play ball at this point because they understand what this game does to promote the sport. Honestly, it's production crunch. It's as simple as that. I think most of you know that I play video games. I'm a big Nintendo guy. I don't keep up with the modern stuff. Mm. Uh, I'm not on PS5, Xbox. My kids are on PC at these days. I still play. I still play my Nintendo Switch, uh, and still have all my old Nintendo systems. But Nintendo's been hit by this, you know, like these production delays. Like, am I ever going to get Metroid Four, Metroid Prime Four, 2028? Don't. Like, even I'll even take that because it's a hard date for heaven's sake. So there's this crunch right now with making these video games, and everything's affected by it. And I can see where this video game, this college football game is affected by it as well. If I don't get Breath of the Wild 2 next year, I'm going to be mad. Anyway, next up. You know who's mad? Rod Brindamore is mad. The Carolina Hurricanes head coach. Look, man, I I don't think Rod Brindamore is playing 4D chess on everybody by pulling Peter Kochekov with five minutes to go while they're down 3 nothing to the Winnipeg Jets in the third period. And I was joking about this with Luke DeCock at the News and Observer columnist. Like, that's that's Rod telling him, yeah, no, we suck right now. So what else are we going to do? It paid off. It, it, it paid off, and they stole a point uh, last night against the Winnipeg Jets. 
I've, I've, the Canes are only one of like a handful of teams that have scored three goals with extra attackers in a row like that. It's it, it's something like pulling case of emergency. So what's going on with the Carolina Hurricanes? This is what now three OT losses for the Canes. You can look on the bright side of life and say, hey, you know what? Like last night they stole a point. Yeah, but there's also some nights where they should have gotten more than just a point. Right now, it's a really simple equation. They're not good on the power play. They're hovering at around 14% on the power play. That's six goals on the season. That's bad. That's bad. Can it be fixed? Sure. And and this is where I get into staying true to how I kind of view the Canes now under Rod Brindamore. It does us no good to think like this is the, the dark decade, right? From 2009 until they made the playoffs again, that dark decade you think about, well, they had just turned that OT into a win. If they had just not gone on the road for the fair, these early October, November games where you're just thinking, man, it shouldn't have come back down to this season. That's not what it's been like with Rod Brindamore and the Carolina Hurricanes. But they have had their swoons in their dominant regular seasons. Those swoons have happened later in the year. In a way, without Freddie Anderson in net, you're giving Peter Kochekov opportunities. I didn't think he was the problem last night. He got hung out to dry a couple different times. You're able to identify the issues on the power play to go and correct it if you need to at the trade deadline. And there's also the factor at play here that as long as, as long as the main guys continue to produce, and right now, for the most part, they are. Marty Natchez has been great so far this season. Andre Svechnikov, for the most part, has been pretty good. Sebastian Ajo's had his great moments. He's had his swing, too. But for the most part, he's been good. They're the three guys who are producing more, most of the scoring opportunities. If they can get the rest of the people to come along, the Canes will be just fine. It's, 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 it's November 22nd. There's only so much mental bandwidth that you can waste worrying about the Carolina Hurricanes right now while also recognizing there are some things that need to be fixed. At least it's happening now, and it gives them an opportunity to assess these things going forward. Next up. Number two. So, how do you view the World Cup 1-1 tie with the U.S. and Wales? America? I guess. This is one of those Rorschach tests, and I will hit you with a disclaimer when it comes to the World Cup. I am a casual soccer fan. I'm going to be as honest with you as I possibly can when it comes to soccer. It's not that I'm not interested in the World Cup. What I'm telling you is that I'm interested in the in the aspect that this is a huge world event that happens every four years like the Olympics. And yeah, you might as well get into it. Mm-hmm. But my basic understanding of where the U.S. men's national team is after having not made the World Cup the last time is that they were need they were in need of a reboot. That reboot, I would argue, should have happened before you hit rock bottom of not making the World Cup. But it happened. And here we are. And this team's got some talent. And that was on display yesterday against Wales. And while they played a little dangerously, it paid off for them in the, what, the 37th minute when Tim Weah scored that beautiful setup goal. But something happened in the second half. Wales adjusts. Maybe there was too much energy expended by the U.S. And they started to tucker out. And that's where you get that bad penalty. And I know that there were some complaints about the officiating because that's what we do as Americans. We complain about it. That's not even an American thing. If you want to get some international controversy, just bring up VAR and your timeline will light up. But the point is the the Walker Zimmerman foul that was a that was a penalty. And Gareth Bale 
made him pay for it. It's Gareth Bale. Even I, casual soccer fan, know who that dude is, and he's good, okay? So that's going to get called. He buries it, and it ends up a 1-1 draw. So what's next? Well, you got a stack England team next. They beat Iran 6-2 yesterday. They're in Group B. The U.S. will see Iran on November 27th. This is when we start getting into the numbers game for the Americans to move on. A 1-1 draw isn't the worst thing. I think the problem that people have or the frustration is they should have won it if you're really thinking about how they started that game and how they should have continued playing that game. But a 1-1 draw is not the worst thing that can happen. You know what you got in England. You try to keep that close. I don't think anybody expects them to win. In fact, the last time the U.S., beat a European team in the World Cup was 2002 when they beat Portugal 3-2. you got to go all the way back to 1950 to see the other time that that's happened. The United States has won 11-6 against European opponents in the World Cup since the 1990 World Cup. So you, you see where history isn't exactly on the side of the U.S., but you take it for what it is. got Iran. You know what you got to do against them, and then hopefully you can move on. But it is interesting. it is an interesting Rorschach test in talking about that 1-1 draw yesterday for the U.S., I can see the glass half full side of it because this is all part of a process of a reboot that started after you missed the last World Cup, and maybe the payoff isn't until the next World Cup in four years when it's here in the States, Canada, and Mexico. But hey, man, you want to win now? You had an opportunity to do it, and you goofed it. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. To uh, to channel my inner Obi-Wan Kenobi, hmm. Matt Rule? That's a name I haven't heard in some time. Well, our guy, the former Carolina Panthers coach, is doing the car wash, and it physically triggered me. I'll explain next. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. In about 25 minutes, we're going to catch up with a legend, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yes. Wrestling legend, Mid- mid-Atlantic wrestling legend. There's a tie There's a tie to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and this area. Uh, WREL back in the day used to be the home for mid-Atlantic reference. They would do the TV uh, matches in mm-hmm. Studio A. But essentially, the when you watch the news on WREL, as you should, as as you as you were obligated to do in this area. I'm a company man. That news studio is actually the old studio, or it's still the studio A. Studio A used to be a multi-purpose studio, and that's actually where they would do the wrestling matches back in the back in the seventies and early eighties. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat had some incredible matches against Ric Flair back in the day. And he's gonna be back at Dorton Arena this Sunday. Dennis, are you going to that? Probably. Kane's gonna be there. Yeah, I know. I was like, what? I didn't realize Kane was still doing the thing. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is 69 years old. Nice. Nice. He's the same age as my dad. Nice. I can tell you, they are not the same. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the big Ric Flair Steamboat rivalry Mm -hmm. started at WREL Studios. It did. So we'll, we'll catch up with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in about 25 minutes. You'll want to be around for that. 
I did not want to be around for seeing Matt Rule in my timeline today. The former Carolina Panthers head coach, I guess, is on the car wash now, and he's going to be hanging out, according to Joe Person at The Athletic, he's going to be hanging out on the NFL Network set. And he was asked, what, what has he been up to? Here's, here's Matt Rule letting everybody know what he's been doing lately since he got fired by the Panthers earlier in the season. I spent a little time every day doing some football, yeah. uh, going back, watching tape, watching games, and uh, trying to do what all, all the great coaches I, that I know have done is you know, after you get fired, you know, going back and saying, hey, what could I do better? Mm-hmm. You know, getting ready for the next chance. Okay. So he sounds like he's just running an SB Nation blog at this point. Oh, yeah, I just wake up, watch a little All-22, break it down. Like, seriously, where are my Matt Rule I hold up my iPhone at my computer screen and break down some line blocking. Like, where is that? Are you gonna if you're gonna do all 22 for real? You got to be an all 22 dude. You know, you know who I'm talking about. A lot of guys out there just eating tape during the week. That should be Matt Rule. What are you doing? And he's he's reflecting on what went wrong. All right, cool. I get that. Look, man, I self assess all the time. You know, get close to the end of the year. What worked this year? What didn't work this year? All I get that part. So here's Matt Rule on what happened uh, with the Panthers and, and maybe how he could have gone th- about things differently. And what oh, are man. some of those things? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I think, um, I think when I look back at my time in Carolina, um, I look back on it fondly. I'll yeah. say that first. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I'll always take away from it that, that no matter what level you coach, when I've coached it, FCS, I've coached at Division Three. I've co- coached at Group of Five, Power Five, and in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It always comes down to relationships. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I could go back, I wish I would have done okay. a better job in okay, year one on. and year two. Pause, 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 pause. If that doesn't reek of college-level coach, <laughs> I don't know what does. Now, look, man, I'm not knocking it because coaching in college is a completely different thing. And, yes, Mike Krzyzewski once said, I don't do this for the championships. I do it for the relationships. I believe college coaches when they say that. Like, look at Roy, like, for instance, look at Roy Williams, right? Former North Carolina coach. That man has an amazing ability, much like Dean Smith, to remember all of his players' accomplishments, what they're going on in life, keeps up with them all the time. It's truly about the relationships. I get that. In the NFL, I'm not saying there isn't a relationship to be made, but the NFL is a little bit more transactional. And you got to win, dude, because if you don't win, they're getting you the hell out of there, whether you're a player or a coach. So that guy sounds to me like he's angling for a college job, the right college job. But to talk about, you know, all the levels I've coached, you know, from the FCS to the Group of Five, the Power Five, and the NFL. I mean, he's sounding off his resume to a booster out there that wants to back up the truck to have, you know, have that, oh, well, look what he did at Temple. Look what he did at Baylor. He could do that with us. Yeah, beat up on bad teams. Good for you. All right, fine. All right, had to get that out of my system. Uh, Dennis, please continue with Matt Rule on the NFL Network today. It always comes down to relationships. Yeah. And if I, if I could go back, I wish I would have done a better job in year one and year two of having really strong relationships with the players. And, I, you know, I can blame COVID and masks and all mm-hmm. those things. But, <laughs> but, but last year, at the end of last year, I, I got together with Shaq Thompson. I got together with Christian whoa, McCaffrey. Whoa, 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 whoa! What's today's date? It's November 22nd, 2022. Mm-hmm. We're still talking about how COVID messed. No, no, no. You can't do that. Number one, at this point, nobody wants to hear about the struggles of COVID. We all struggle through COVID. Hey, Matt, you want to struggle through COVID? How about you start a radio show with a guy who's never done radio before with no sports? 
You want to talk about difficulty? How about you do that? At least you got to play games. You were in the facility with these guys. What are you talking about COVID and, bu- and building relationships? You were there with them. It's just, you were in the... Re- oh, Zoom. Yeah, no kidding. Try doing a radio show over Zoom, man, in your freaking home office. So spare me on the difficulties of that. The fact that he brought up masks. What about masks? I thought you were a relationship builder. You know what? Like One of the first things about relationships, you can really read a person when you look into their eyes, man. And this is coming from somebody who is horrible with eye contact. I hate eye contact. I'm terrible at it. Even I know this. How is he getting $7 million for this crap? I'm not saying I'm poorly compensated. I'm just saying I'm not getting $7 million. Oh, you know, Mass. Mass really put me back in, in building relationships. I didn't meet with these guys until three. What? Dude, look. Sometimes you can tell what a person's about instantly. And we could tell what Matt Rule is about instantly. Why David Tepper couldn't really, really worries me for the next coaching hire. I'll just leave it at that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. So we've got the college football playoff rankings coming out tonight. Not that not that North Carolina was truly going to be in the conversation, but I was going to be curious to see had they kept winning and got themselves to the ACC championship game with one loss, how it was going to be viewed. Because, look, man, we understand that with college football, how you think things are going to play out the remaining weeks don't necessarily play out that way. Nobody could have predicted Tennessee was going to get destroyed by South Carolina. Although, shout out to Dabo Sweeney, the head coach at Clemson, on his coach's show saying, hey, man, what happened with Tennessee is what happens when you think, oh, man, we just got to get through this game, the next game, and we just sit pretty and uh, worry about where we're going to go in the college football playoff. And, oh, oh, that's as I'm paraphrasing here, but he went, oh, that's right, we still have to play a football game. And then they got clowned by South Carolina. And that was before Hendon Hooker got hurt. They were down 18 points when that happened. So Dabo's got his team ready to go. And ultimately, I think they're the ones that are going to find themselves in the position that North Carolina could have flirted with. And that is allow for stuff to play out and eventually sneak your way back into the college football playoff discussion. As much as the college football playoff committee has devalued the ACC, things can still happen that work in your favor. And I can't imagine that LSU is going to win the SEC. They'll fall out. And that's an opportunity for Clemson to come in. Southern Cal would be the one that would get in Clemson's way, though. 
And they had a close, tight game against UCLA that they ultimately won this past weekend. If they win the Pac-12, they'll likely be the ones that could do what Clemson I'm trying to position as. Uh, same with TCU. I don't trust TCU to get to this thing undefeated. Now, if 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 TCU gets in the barn undefeated, then yeah, they're going to be in. Ohio State and Michigan is going to play itself out. And obviously, Georgia, even though they had a little bit of a struggle this past weekend, I still see them being the most dominant team in college football. So that's where we are going into the college football playoff rankings tonight. Um, it's not necessarily that top four. It's going to be the movement uh, that hovers around it that will position for the final weekend of the regular season and then into the college, into the uh, conference championship games. But speaking of Clemson, I thought this was important to get a better understanding of where things are going in college football and how this might relate to schools and their head coaches and where they might end up going in this offseason of coaching carousel moves that we're about to embark on. This was put out by Clemson's social media accounts today, and it's essentially a pitch about where college football is headed and how the money is going to be redirected fairly soon, if not already have been redirected. Here it is. All right, we've got to talk. College athletics is changing, and it's changing quickly. There's never been a more dynamic time for college sports. At Clemson, the best is and always will be the standard. Together with IPTE, we'll continue to achieve a best-in-class student experience in the classroom, on the playing fields, and beyond life in these hills. With recent guidance updates from the NCAA on name, image, and likeness, the path we must take has never been more clear. Tiger Impact, Dear Old Clemson, and other collectives need your support to help provide meaningful NIL opportunities for our student-athletes. We're doing things the right way, the Clemson way, with integrity as a non-negotiable. And we fully support the mission of these groups for their impact on our student-athletes and all who represent the Paul. The main thing will always be the main thing. And together, we're going to continue to keep Clemson, Clemson. So that, that's a lot of flowery language and a lot of dramatic music to essentially tell you, A, you remember when we used to ask you for facilities upgrades? We need that big, fancy luxury box. We need the, the slide in our practice facility and the smoothie bars and these sleep pods and everything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's got to stop. Clemson's not the first one to say it. It's funny. It's, it was actually Greg Schiano at Rutgers who was the first one to say it. Like, hey, man, it ain't about facilities upgrades anymore that sell you. It's about what, what kind of money can we get to our players. This is important. This is something that Jillio had brought up uh, last week when talking about how college football is about to experience what college basketball has been experiencing since name, image, and likeness went into effect. It's much easier to do and more it's, – it's, it's, it's easily impacted – from the jump in college basketball because we're only dealing with a handful of players per team. Now at college football, we're about to see the Wild West unfold. And we'll use NC State as a prime example. We can use State we can use State and Carolina as two examples for two different reasons, right? So this past season for NC State, even though it was a disappointing year, the reason why there was so much hype around it, why there were expectations was they had like 30 dudes for senior day. Like they ran it back, mm -hmm. so to speak. And they could do that because they had a team that was wanting to accomplish the mission. That group ain't going to be the same next year. And that I don't think NC State's ever going to see something like that again. That's why this year there was so much importance placed on it. So every year 
you're going to have somebody that you feel strongly about and you feel you're going to develop, they might not be around because of name, image, and likeness. You might not even get them to show up because there's not enough money through your NIL collectives. You know, Pack of Wolves Collective is the one that you'll hear often because of pack therapy and whatnot. And I can tell you that there's probably conversations taking place about how are we going to allocate this stuff? How are we going to get people to understand we need this money not so much to improve Vaughn Towers, but we need this money to make sure that that transfer comes to us, which gets us to Carolina. And I'm only bringing this up, I'm only bringing this up as an example, as a scenario. I'm not telling you it's going to happen. But you look at somebody like Josh Downs, who's had a great career at Carolina so far and has been a huge impactful player this year in terms of what they've been doing with Drake May. Who's to say that there's not another Jordan Addison situation? You'll remember Jordan Addison was the star wide receiver at Pitt that took off for Southern Cal. Money, man. Now, Carolina, I feel, is in a better position than NC State is when it comes to collectively pulling these these this money together. But sometimes real money talks at other places. I'm only throwing that out as a scenario of things that college football fans are going to have to worry about. And Clemson, in that, in that little speech, that little pitch, is really trying to get across to people. It's going to get wild in college football. Just something to keep an eye on. It's dubbed Return of the Dragon. Ricky Steamboat coming to the ring, Dorton Arena, on November 27th. Uh, this Sunday, and he joins us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Ricky, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good this morning. It's uh, I live outside of Knoxville, so it's a little bit chilly. Yeah, it's 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 a it's pretty chilly here as well. So you're getting back in the ring at Dorton Arena. This is the first time you're getting back in the ring uh, in 12 years. You're 69 years old. How are you doing yeah. this? Like how how do you stay like this? It's impressive. Well, uh, I've been a big advocate, even as I got into my senior years, to continue to work out. Um, not heavy stuff, of course, but mm. it, it helps my joints and, uh, you know, and toning. So I never stopped. Uh, I guess I've been doing it since high school. Um, the last month I've been uh, here in Knoxville, Glenn Jacobs, who is uh, formerly a uh, cane, along with uh, Tom Pritchard, have a wrestling school here in Knoxville, and I've been venturing down there once or twice a week for the past month. Mm -hmm. Um, Just trying to get some timing back, you know, get the feel of it. Um, But the biggest thing I realize is that, you know, Steamboat, you're not not 29 years old anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's the the first thing I realized. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, on things that I thought that I could do, Okay. I mean, if you want to rate it on a one to 10, if I could do it like about a seven ish, then uh, I sort of capitalize on those things uh, working out and just try to, you know, smooth it out and brush up on it. And uh, I know that my limitations now are not going to be, I don't think the steamboat of the seventies and eighties, but uh, some of the things that uh, I'm able to do at this age, um, I think I can carry out and do fairly well. So a lot of it is just staying active and, and working out. You okay. know, the ring stuff to me just sort of came right back to me. It was just like when you learn how to ride a bike, you fall off, you get back on, and you you ride it. You know, so that was that. Um, just understanding my limitations. Um, 
um, and not letting ego get in the way um, was my big learning uh, experience. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat joining us here on the OG. I'm Joe Ovias. Gilio is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Ricky's going to be at Dorton Arena this Sunday. Uh, you can go find tickets. Uh, just uh, just go Google that. It's going to be this Sunday. First time back in the ring in 12 years. Although you've got history yeah. here in the Triangle. You got history in Raleigh because you're, you're talking about how what yeah. you were doing things in the late 70s. That was part of the yeah. the Jim Crockett productions and you you actually wrestled mid-atlantic wrestling where our parent company is based wral in that old studio a right and and that's right there in raleigh um i came to the carolinas in 77 i left in 85 so i had a good stretch of about eight years um carolinas is always near and dear to me the mid-atlantic uh wrestling with jim crockett um, I actually got my main event start in the Carolinas, mm-hmm. and uh, Ric Flair was, uh, you know, a big influence on on that. And um, we started uh, wrestling each other in '77. I started in the business in, in late '75, so it was about a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, I um, worked my way up to main events and the number one heel bad guy in the territory, the Mid-Atlantic, was Ric Flair. And he mm. saw something in me and went to Crockett and said, I'd like to try and do something with this young kid that you just had come in. And the next thing you know, we're off and running. So, But I'll tell you another thing. Raleigh, Dorton Arena. Yeah. Um, you know, we wrestled all through the Carolinas and Virginia. Raleigh holds dear to my heart a couple of reasons. 1979, um, I looked across the ring and I was looking at Harley Race. Mm-hmm. He was the NWA world champion. I was the United States heavyweight champion. So it made me in the region. It made me like number one contender. So that was another thing that was dear to my heart in Raleigh because it was the first time I stepped into the ring with the world champ. Also, back in the day, the main events had 60 minute time limits. And it was the first time I had wrestled anybody and I wrestled the world champ to a 60-minute draw, one hour. So Raleigh is is uh, great memories. Um, you know, I've been to Madison Square Garden, Philadelphia Spectrum, wrestled over in Japan and all through Europe. But Raleigh holds a really close, great memories to my heart. Um, and because of those reasons, and then not to count the number of times I wrestled Ric Flair there. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, that's why Raleigh, to me, has got a stamp on it, only because that was the first time I stepped in with the world champ and also wrestled to a 60-minute draw. Our, uh, our our former lead sports anchor, Tom Suter, uh, who was around at that time, I don't know if you remember Tom or not, but he always loved to tell the stories of Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, which shared studio space, and that he would be in the dressing room getting ready for a sports broadcast or going through the hallway, and you had Ric yeah. Flair coming through. He mentioned you. Uh, coming through as well you'll be happy to know that that studio uh where you i think you, you had your first nwa mid-atlantic championship by pinning rick flair right if i if i remember i'm a history right um, um actually i think he was the team he was the nwa television champ okay the tv champ that's right that's right that's right your memory much better and, than mine. Uh, and um yeah that was uh that that sort of set the ball rolling between the two of us 
That studio I've had. It's funny. I've had I've had HR meetings, learning about health benefits. Uh, we've done yeah. game shows in there, and now it's the main it's the main TV studio now for us for WRAL. Little do people know when they're watching WRAL news, that studio had so many great wrestling matches, including you. And you'll be back in Raleigh, Dorton Arena, November twenty seventh. You can uh, find tickets at bigtimewrestling.ticketleet.com for this event at Dorton Arena. Before we let you go, what what can we expect? Is, is this a is this a three person tag match that we're going to see on Sunday? Yeah, it's called six man. Okay, three guys on each side. Uh, I got FTR on my side, and then uh, there's a uh, mystery partner in which, believe this or not, I'm not. I don't know who this mystery guy is. I might know the day of the show. Um, <laughs> you for re- you other, for real do yeah, not know. Yeah. You really don't know. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know the the. I don't know why they would. Uh, you know, kayfabe. You know, you understand the word kayfabe. I'm familiar with the term. Yes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know why they'd kayfabe me. Maybe I'll find out today after this this interview. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I think it's Jay Lethal and Brock Anderson, who is Arn Anderson's boy. Mm-hmm. And I understand Arn is going to be sitting in their corner. You know, I find these developments uh, each day. There's something new going on. So, um, <laughs> But nothing changes. Hasn't wrestling always been like this? Oh, yeah. You, you get your last-minute surprises, of and course. then you learn how to adjust and, and so forth. But uh, – I think it's going to be a hell of a show because uh, knowing the guys that are in there now, um, I've seen them all perform. I've even helped train some of the guys with uh, FTR uh, when I was working as a trainer for uh, WWE and um, good good workers in the in the business. I think it's going to be uh, the fans will find out that they'll be thoroughly entertained and get their money's worth and hope to see some Ricky Steamboat isms you know, in the course of the match. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, BigTimeWrestling.TicketLeap.com uh, is the website. Dorton Arena this Sunday. Uh, I know Kayfabe because that's why I enjoyed CM Punk so much because he broke it all the time and continues yeah. to do so. I know you've worked with him and yeah. mentored him. Yes, I, I did. Uh, I think I was a pretty big influence on getting him into the WWE. Yes, yes. Yeah, Rick- yeah, real quick, he, was, he, he had auditioned a couple of times and he didn't, see much and then um i was involved as a special guest referee in one of his matches on the indie circuit Mm -hmm. and i was impressed with what you know the timing and what he was doing and when he was doing it and it all made uh, rhyme and reason he was connecting the dots so i went back um, i was working for wwe and i went to there i said you need to take a look at this guy and they said well we already have i said you need to take a hard look with him and they so they brought him in one more time and Put him in the ring with somebody decent and had an audition, and the next thing you know, he got hired. So that's awesome. That's, that that is awesome. That's the story of that's the story of that. Ricky, <laughs> appreciate the time. Uh, get back to putting up that Christmas tree and uh, enjoy your trip, safe trip to Raleigh, and uh, yeah. enjoy the Dorton Arena on Sunday. Yep. Um, just uh, just want to come away without any pulled muscles or any any hurting joints, <laughs> and um, we'll be we'll be all good to go for Christmas. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks again. <laughs> okay, thank you, Joe. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team. 
you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.